0: Welcome back into Off the Pike. Brian Barrett with you. Joining us now, Kyrie Thompson from WEI. Kyrie, man, it felt like this game, it got off to a good start. The Patriots are marching down the field, but pretty much after that interception, it was an ugly afternoon for the Patriots.
1: Yep, and ultimately, it comes down to execution. You can talk about play calling. You can talk about, oh, Matt Patricia this. They should have run the, more, the ball more on, you know, first, second down, all that stuff. But in the end, it all comes down to execution. The Patriots didn't do a good job of that and it cost him the game. I mean, yeah, there were a couple of plays there that first drive and at other points throughout the game where you're like, okay, this looks decent. Like This team can move the ball. They can pass. Mac Jones looks all right. He's orchestrating everything. And then poof, there it goes. You you have two or three bad plays, and then you lose. Uh, That's how it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so much to pick through with this game, Kyrie, but one thing that really irritates me and really pisses me off, and I know, of course, you saw a lot of it during training camp with some of the issues that Kendrick Bourne had there, but he comes out there for one play and he catches a 41 yard bomb from Mac Jones. And that's really all we saw him in the game. Now, Phil Perry reported on Twitter that he's on the sideline holding up one finger like, oh, one target. But this is going to become the talking point this week is the guy that everybody felt like, hey, he could be the Patriots best receiver this season was in the doghouse all training cam long. And the one time he's on the field, he makes a a major play for a team that (laughs) they clearly need explosive players. And you had this guy on the bench the entire game.
1: And you know what? If you take away that play, 41 yards, Mac Jones only had 105 passing yards today. That is not acceptable for an NFL offense. You cannot win that way. And so you're, you're looking at this and saying, okay, you know what, maybe it's, it, it, you know, effort stuff or you know, disciplinary issues, or you just don't think he's been putting in the, the effort and practice or what have you. But in the end, the Patriots were unable to generate expo- explosive plays. People were not getting open. There were tight windows all over the place. There was no separation. Mac Jones is trying to fit balls into windows that he just can't really do right now for whatever reason. And Kendrick Bourne comes in and immediately makes it big play which is what he did all of last year. So I think that whatever's been going on with him, they're going to reevaluate that real quick this coming week especially when you have say like Nelson Aguilar putting the ball on the ground right away. You're uh, rather, you know, in, at the end of the at the end of the game there he puts the ball on the ground, kills any chance you could have and making a comeback. So I bet you that whether it's Nelson Aguilar seeding some snaps or somebody else giving up a few snaps Kendrick Bourne is going to be playing a little bit more in week two, and he's they're going to need him against a really tough Steelers defense, because right now they don't have a whole lot of positives on offense. They need everyone they can get.
0: Yeah. And it feels like too Kyrie with this team. And it looks a lot like the team we saw in the second half of a season where offensively it looked really difficult for them to generate easy opportunities for the quarterback and having a guy like Kendrick Bourne that separates easily can do things after the catch like one of the bright spots today, I thought, was John Jonu Smith at the end of the game had some big plays. But it's those type of playmakers that this team needs. And you just look at the other side today. Whenever they needed a big play, they were looking for mainly Tyreek Hill, but also Waddle. And the Patriots, it seems like they have that guy, but they didn't want to use him. And I just look at this offense, and it just felt like at times there was too much on Mac, And it was almost, and I'm not defending everything Mac did today, because I, don't, I thought some of the balls he threw were poor in this game. Uh, One down the sideline to Aguilar, he just completely threw the ball out of bounds. I mean, you got to at least give your receiver an opportunity there. But man, this is one where and I know like Bill is there every day and the coaching staff is there every day and they're monitoring the player. But this has been a head scratcher for me all training camp long, all offseason long. I I just can't comprehend it. And maybe you're right. Maybe next week we're going to find out, hey, they're going to have to start to play Kendrick Bourne more because clearly they don't have a guy that Mac Jones can give the ball to and expect an explosive play after.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I think that you would think that Nelson Aguilar can and should be a guy that could do that. And at one point early in the game, they hit him real quick and he busts out a first down. And you're like, yes, get him the ball in space. They got the ball to Johnny Smith in the flat and he's dragging tacklers, making plays. You're like, yes, more of that. Right. Right. But it felt like so much of what they were trying to do was was be conservative and, and establish the run. And you know what? To, to their credit, I think that by and large, they ran the ball better than I expected them to. And they did it with a mix of different plays. They were running out. Their outside zone game was more effective than you'd think. But then on some of those toss plays, Trent Brown's not able to get out there, whether it's because he's just not a good fit for plays like that or because it's hot out there and he's dog tired. You know, whatever it happens to be. Cole Strange is, is making, you know, having miscommunications and getting sat down in favor of James Ferrance. I mean, there, there are just so many things that that went wrong where you look at it and say, okay, how can you realistically expect Matt, jo- Matt Jones and the offense to have explosive plays when they're not getting the protection up front or, or the blocking up front that's needed? At the same time, I mean, I look at that wide receiver group and, and I see a lot of what I saw last year not a lot of speed all things considered, not a lot of separation. And I mean, it. some of it is going to come down to, okay, how do you adjust from a play calling standpoint to scheme up more open players? Because I mean, if your guys aren't getting open, you you better find a way to help get them open. Uh, so, so it'll be interesting to see how they adjust from that standpoint. But I mean, again, there was just, there were good flashes. I mean, it's not like there, were, there was nothing good about this. There were good points and things to build on and you could, if, if you're looking at Bill Belichick here and, and saying, OK, well, he already warned you basically that this might be somewhat of an extension of the preseason. And, you know, yeah, there might be some kinks to iron out. OK, fine. So maybe we're not pushing the panic button. But again, it, it went very quickly from, OK, there's some goodwill here to it just devolving right into what we expected it was going to be.
0: Well, that's interesting, too, the way you put it, like, don't press the panic button yet. And Bill kind of alarmed us that, hey, this is. Still, we're still getting ready for the season almost, which I've never heard Bill talk like that before. the The extension of the preseason thing to me, when he made that comment, I was like, "What is he talking about? This is Bill Belichick. He never talks like that. So that to me was just incredibly yeah. perplexing. And then the other thing that I looked like in, in in this game, speaking of the panic button, he's telling us not to press it. But you have one of the things we were worried about entering the season was the offensive line issues because they had those in training camp. And you look at today, you reference they bench Cole Strange after the miscommunication with him and Trent Brown. And the very next drive, when they put Ference out there, you don't pick up the blitzer on the outside. Well, disguised by Miami, like give yes. them credit for that, Kyrie. But back to back drives, your offensive line costs you big time.
1: Yep. And and you could say maybe that's a little bit on Mac Jones as well, because I think there have been times where he would, you know, hold the snap count, hold the cadence a little bit and get a feel for, okay this is what the coverage is going to be. This is where the pressure is coming from. And he didn't do it at all on that play. I mean, and and so you wonder, okay, how much is that on him? How much is it on Brown? Because, again, as you mentioned, the timing of that play was just very good and he he was covered up a little bit. He was kind of creeping behind one of the edge defenders there. It, it was well done. It was just well executed. And then uh, again, you have a situation where you had good plays, good stuff happening. And then that play and and uh, you know the interception to Parker just that derails that derails your offensive performance. And that essentially puts you on the path to losing the game. And, and like that, that that's basically it. And then of course there's the Waddle play, which I keep I kept on warning people. Jalen Waddle had scored touchdowns in each of the games he played against the Patriots last year that he's a problem, you can't lose track of him. It's not that they lost track of him so much as he just, he just burned you, you know? And, and I mean, in the end, that's what's going to happen when you're when you're devoting that much attention to Tyreek Hill and then boom, there it goes. I know I'm kind of digressing and talking about both offense and defense, but I mean, a, as you mentioned, right? It's just those, those execution things, right? You can have three and a half quarters of good play. And I'm not saying that's necessarily what happened here, but just hypothetically, you can have three and a half quarters of good play and then one or two plays ruins it for you. And and that's what happened there. And the Patriots cannot afford, they do not have the the overall talent to not execute and to give teams plays like what they did, the Dolphins right there.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And it's interesting too, like you mentioned the Waddle play. I go back to what transpired before that, right? So it was interesting to me because you got a buck 17 left at the end of the half there after You had the Judon sack on second down, which is Judon showed up, which was nice to see because at the end of the season, he, of course, tailed off. I thought Judon played well today, but I didn't understand the Patriots had a timeout and you would have figured that, okay, let's use the timeout. And because I think if they use the timeout there, the Dolphins are much less likely to go for that fourth down play because there was only 18 seconds left in the half. And you heard at halftime, Mike McDaniel said his analytical department said that was a good move. That was the right play to make. And I'm just so perplexed. Why Belichick didn't call a timeout at the end of the half, from your perspective, was that like he didn't trust the offense, or was he asleep at the wheel? What happened there?
1: Well, well, for one thing, there was there was the injury to Adrian Phillips, right? So so he goes down, and there and there's the long pause after that, and 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 perhaps there you could say like, okay, if if Belichick takes a timeout right there, maybe Mike McDaniel starts to to you know rethink it, maybe he calls a different look. Maybe he, he doesn't run a play at all, you know, and, and they, and they try to kick a field goal or, or they, or they punt. Well, they would have punted at that point because it was 41 yards out. Right. So I, I think that you, you can make that argument at the same time. You just, you got to make a play there. And, and I, and I think that, you know, you make that tackle. Kyle Duggar had a shot at him. A couple of guys had, had a shot at him. You make that tackle. And maybe no points happen at all. So again, it's it's an it's an execution thing. And, and again, I think they they might have gotten points out of it regardless, even if that tackle's made, because then you got a shot at a field goal with limited amount of time. And then you know the Dolphins are you know, hurrying, trying to get on the field to kick a field goal or, or, or they're or they're clocking it right there or something. But I I feel like I'm not as peeved at the lack of timeout called as I think you just make the tackle. Make the play that's there True. in front of you and and force Miami to have to to make a play after that, right? Make them decide if they're going to go for it. Make them decide if they're going to kick a field goal and then and, and they don't do it and there you go. Then the game's basically over right there.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good point. I just would have rather call the timeout, at least try to give my offense some confidence that, hey, look, we're going to try to go for this and try to score at the end of the half because, of course, Miami was getting the ball to begin the second half to begin with. And obviously, Belichick decided not it's, to do it's that like the,
1: the days of that of that old you know two for one seem <laughs> to be gone right now it, oh the like double up i miss it. it it's hard it's hard to even think of it right now because you have no idea what this offense is and i feel like the training wheels are still generally on the offense as a whole and that they are kind of slow playing it and playing it conservatively like come on how many how many second and long runs did we need today like, oh I, I my just, god it's the same like,
0: thing as last year
1: yeah. And, and, and you know what? And and that's an interesting way to think about this, right? Is that, okay, you can talk about how different it was from, uh, you know, okay, Matt Patricia. I, I actually think there were some good play calls that happened, like, like some legitimately good calls from, from the offense that worked well. So I'm not going to sit up here and say like, oh my goodness, look at that Matt Patricia offense, like it sucked or whatever. But, but again, I think that you look at the overall style of play, it was the same as when Josh McDaniels was here. And you can point to Bill Belichick as being the guy that's like, OK, I don't know if I really like going for it right here. Let's just try to get into the half. Let's not do anything crazy. Right. And so if that's how it's going to be, you can talk about Matt Patricia all you want, but he's doing what he's told.
0: Yeah, I actually thought the third and long where they set up Aguilar and there was a nice block by Hunter Henry there for the first down. I thought that was a nice play call for him. Overall, my one critique of Patricia would be they come out of the half that first drive there where they have the long touchdown drive. It felt like they made an effort to go more up tempo, get Mack in the gun a little bit more. And then the very next drive, they went away from that. And then you get to that third and three. And for some reason, you're running it up the gut with Montgomery. And I don't know what you're trying to do there if you're trying to like catch them off guard, but if you like actually, an old Brandon Bolden play. Yeah. But like, even if you were going to do that, you would think that you have two running backs that are more equipped to run that type of play than Montgomery. Is. So I don't know if that's something Mac did at the line of scrimmage, but that to me, the third and three play was just, that was an absolute head scratcher to me. I have no idea why he decided to do that. And what did you think of the tempo thing? Because I felt like Mac had some success when they started to pick up the tempo a little bit. And it felt like, during the preseason, in that final game against the Raiders, when they went to the gun and they had a bunch of receivers out there, Mac was more successful then as well. And it felt like they didn't really play into his hands when it comes to that.
1: And, and I think that that was probably very specifically about the opposing offense, right? Like you didn't want them to be on the field too much and, and, and potentially get gashed by Hill and Waddle and all of that. And there, there were times where, where the Dolphins looked a bit disjointed themselves. But there were also times where like, OK, Tua's getting the ball out against the Blitz. And they're they're getting free in the, in the running game you know, for for the Dolphins looks fine. I really think that that was it. That they were saying, okay, cool, that's great. We got we got a touchdown here, nice. Now let now let's go ahead and not give them the ball too fast. Grind out some yards. Um, make sure that we are the ones you know kind of holding the ball you know proverbially at the end here with with a chance to win and and, and kind of put some pressure on them to back off the passing game and maybe get into more of a, of a clock chewing mode or something like that. I, I think that it was too much thinking about what the Dolphins were doing offensively, wanting to keep them off the field and whatnot, and perhaps not enough thinking about what the Patriots needed to do to score, right? Because in the end, you have to score more points than the other team. And in order for you to do that, you need to get the ball in the end zone and not be worried about what the other team's offense is doing. I get it. They were running the ball decently at points there. Um, But I think all in all, this game needed to be won through the air. The Dolphins were daring them to win through the air. They they were trying to make them do it and they couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, and that's a difficult thing to watch because you start to think about how much better is it really going to get over the course of the season from a passing game perspective. But the other thing too is like, Kyrie, I felt like there were moments in the game where Miami came up with the big play. You think about the sack fumble that turns into a touchdown for them. And I look on the flip side of that with the Patriots and you look at what happened there in terms of, okay, at the end of the half, Jack Jones can't make that interception. Tyree kill dunks on him. And then later on in the game, and I get you're still down 20 to seven, but a ball's thrown right to Miles Bryant. And really, maybe if he doesn't touch that, Devin McCourty picks it off. Anyway, so it just felt like those critical plays that this Patriots team, we know this season, their defense is going to help them get the offense some good field position. The two real big opportunities they had today to make those plays, when Tua was trying to give the ball to you, they couldn't make the plays.
1: Yep. And, and you know what? That's what happened last year as well. I mean, if we're, we're going to be honest about it, Tua wasn't really, he hasn't been spectacular against the Patriots, right? He's got a 4-0 record against the Patriots or what have you. But it's not like he's played amazing football or anything like that. He really hasn't. And there were multiple times last year where you know, Devin McCourty had two interceptions that were dropped, and one in, one in each game that could have changed the outlook of those games. And then you have these plays not being made, and it was actually be, it was being discussed on on the broadcast by Adam you Letter, the color the color analyst, is saying like those are the kind of plays that you got to make when you're trying to get back in a game. And at that point, you make that play. Yeah, I mean, th- it's still a long shot, but you got a much better chance, right? You get it. You get a takeaway. Maybe there's a momentum swing. You get the ball back one more time. You've got a shot. And 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 again, it's the the Patriots are not a good enough team to overcome situations where you have a play that, that, that you can, that you you can, they can change the game and you don't make it. They absolutely have to capitalize on every single opportunity that, that comes their way, that is gifted to them by another team. And then on the flip side, don't give extra downs to another team that, that is, that has more talent than you. Right. So, uh, again, right? Whatever all of all of the other, you know, outstanding issues from from a play calling, the strategy and all of that, you have to make plays. And the Patriots simply did not make enough of them when there were plays to be made.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, you mentioned two or two, like the plays that the Patriots didn't make defensively. Kyrie, I don't know about you, man, but I came away from this game thinking. He's worse than I thought he was. Like, I was never high on Tua, but I was not impressed with this guy whatsoever. I guess that's part of the infuriating thing from a Patriots perspective, losing this game today, is I know the numbers are going to look pretty good, but he had plenty of balls that the Patriots could have yeah. intercepted. We referenced a couple of those, and I felt like Tua should have been the main reason Miami lost this game. Not to say Mac was great on the other side. But I mean, the defense played well enough outside, not making those big plays to give the offense more of an opportunity to win this game. So I feel like it's a huge missed opportunity, and I would put the bulk of this loss on the offense. I know I referenced some of the plays the defense didn't make, but the offense has got to be better than this, flat out. I mean, today I, I felt like that was somewhat of an embarrassing performance by them. Like, and I was so optimistic the way that the game started, and they're going down the field. They had a couple of drives like that. The drive at the beginning of the third quarter there—it felt like okay. They found something, and I don't know why they don't, Kyrie, at times, just spam stuff that works, right? When you find something that works, I, like during the Brady era, they would just do it over and over again until you prove you can stop it. And it felt like at times when the Patriots did find something, they went away from it, which is perplexing to me in and of itself.
1: And you know what? I think that you could look at that and say maybe some of it is, okay, they're they're just trying things and they're trying to figure out what works because they don't know, right? Right. And, yeah. and, and and you could you could say like okay yeah this play worked great one time okay that that's cool but you mentioned it during the Brady era like okay we're just gonna run this play until you stop it well they they've known probably that that play has has worked forever right and and, and it's just it's automatic right Brady's just like okay, boom 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 I'm going to kill you we've been doing this forever we can do it in our sleep I don't know what they could do in their sleep right now I don't know if there is one play that the Patriots can run offensively in their sleep, so to speak, where they can just get five, six, ten yards or whatever every time they run it. I don't think they've got that right now. I think they are trying to figure it out, which might explain, again, why, okay, like they're running some of these seemingly disjointed plays and, and disjointed drives where they're trying different things, because honestly, what this offensive performance tells me is, okay, There, there were good points and good things to take out of it but they still don't know what they can do effectively right now, consistently. That's the key. And I think it's going to be a process over these first four weeks. It's not going to get easier for this offense. I mean, they're about to play a Steelers team that was harassing Joe Burrow today, just absolutely all over him, right? And they're, and they're, they're also going to have to play a Ravens defense that's tough. They're going to play a Packers defense that, that is projected to be a top 10 defense. This is not going to get easier. So, I mean, whatever it is in, in practice or in games or whatever, I think they're going to have to have one just, just a come to Jesus moment. Probably sometime next next week where it's like, you know what? Okay, that worked well last drive. Let's just try and carry that momentum. Let's not try and get cute. Let's not act like we're doing install during training camp where, okay, this is great. Now we're going to go to this scripted next play. I think you got to start figuring out what the hell you can do.
0: Yeah. And that's a really interesting point, Kyrie, because you look at the offense in general and really the team in general. And I'm just wondering where you think they're at in terms of like the vibes at this team. Right. Because some of the stuff that has transpired over the past couple of weeks, we find out Mike Giardi has the report that Isaiah wins unhappy or excuse me, Trent Brown's unhappy with his contract because he's getting paid like a right tackle. He wasn't told he was going to be a left tackle. Right. Isaiah wins having issues. And then the whole Kendrick Bourne situation that we talked about a little bit earlier where he's unhappy Right now, where do you think this team is in terms of just the vibes as now after week one, but where they were entering the season? Because it didn't really feel like everybody was on the same page when it comes to that.
1: Well, you talk about Trent Brown right there. You you had a couple of plays where where he's just looking just. He's ambling out into space, you know, trying trying to you know, make a block out there. And again, may, maybe he's tired. Maybe he's gassed because it felt like 100 degrees out there and it's humid and and, and all this stuff, right? Maybe, maybe that's what we need to you know, take away from it. But man, like you you heard, you know, the effort and practice hasn't been there for Trent Brown. Mike Reese reported that a couple of weeks ago. And that's why he was held out of the second preseason game. And, and that kind of stuff makes you think. Like what? The, is there something? Go is Trent Brown now going to be a problem? And for me, I I would veer on the side of. I mean, I guess I would have a hard time believing that because he's played his best football here. I think there there's an element of respect and expectation of what what he's going to give you, what he what he has done here, right? And 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 again, what has been expected, even though Dante Sparnikia is not here to chew him out when it's needed. So I would like to think that maybe. This is this is an aberration from from Trent Brown's standpoint, but all in all, you talk about about, about the vibes, like, like what this team feels like. It feels like a team that doesn't know what it is, and honestly, it's, it feels like a team that doesn't know how it's going to win football games yet. I I projected that this was probably going to be a situation where they go one and three to start the year, kind of like last year. They might you know pull out a win uh, next week because I don't like Mitchell Trubisky, I don't like the Steelers' <laughs> offense. Um, but then maybe you start racking up some of these wins in the middle of the year, but then you see things like the Chicago bears uh, admitted in a slot fest, just beat the San Francisco 49ers, a team that has, you know, playoff aspirations. And then you're like, okay, can we not pencil that in as a win now? Like, absolutely. And again, I know it's week one, you don't want to overreact to things, but that was a team that figured out how to, how to grind out a win in less than ideal, you know, circumstances and situation. And then you've got this Patriots team that felt aimless in their less than ideal situation and circumstance. So I I feel like when it comes down to it, you know, execution, I've mentioned that a bunch of times. This is a team that just needs to learn how to figure it out. Okay, things aren't always going to be perfect. Right. This, this was never going to be an ideal situation going into this year without Josh McDaniels as your offensive coordinator and without going into it with, you know, these, these elite pieces that you feel like you need to be a Super Bowl contender. But that doesn't mean you can't win football games and you can't be competitive. Right. The little things, little lapses, that's got to go. Just baseline. That's my main takeaway from today. Get that stuff cleaned up and then we will talk about you winning football games.
0: Yeah, and you know who else scares the crap out of me is Lamar playing for a contract right now? Right now, I mean, I do not wrath. want to see that. Yeah, wrath, I mean.
1: it, wrath and and hatred are coming to to Gillette Stadium, week three. I'm oh. I'm looking forward to seeing him play in person. I'm not looking forward to see what he's about to do to this Patriots defense.
0: Yeah. And just one more thing, Kyrie, before we let you go, I thought it was interesting when you were talking about like they get to find things that work and the Isaiah win and the Trent Brown portion of the equation here. One thing that it makes me think of and I brought this up before is I just wonder on the offensive side of the ball if there's a leadership void, right? Because the type of crap that was happening in training camp, that's the stuff that not even just Brady, but like Edelman back, back in the day would be like, okay, that shit, we cannot be doing that. Like, we got to find a way to fix this stuff. And well, it I mean, just even feels, David
1: Andrews, yeah. right? So it's like, David Andrews is still here. What's the deal?
0: Yeah, pick it up. I mean, come on. somebody, Somebody's going to take over. Somebody's going to be the leader of that offense. And I feel like there's a lot on a second-year quarterback to be that guy, but it's almost like Max, the most senior member of that offense, right?
1: I mean, yeah. So it's like David Andrews was the guy pulling everybody aside and jumping on, you know, people when when practices were bad. But it's like, you know, Mac Jones is a captain now and he's the guy orchestrating the show. They're putting a lot of a lot of the game in his hands. At the same time, I think you bring up a good point. Is it too much for a second-year quarterback to be in a situation where he has to run this entire operation and get everybody put everybody's feet to the fire? and you'll put his own foot up somebody's John Brown hind parts if they need it. Right. (laughs) So, so, I mean, I, I think that, and again, you could look at the, the coaching as well, right? Maybe it's also a coaching thing and they need to figure out whether or not Matt Patricia is going to be the guy who, who demands that from them and will get up in them that way. Cause Josh McDaniels was, I mean, it wasn't just about play calls and schemes or whatever, when the offense wasn't getting it done, in, in training camp or in practice, you could hear Josh McDaniels all over the place, okay? So, yeah, I I, I just flat out think that, you know, from from so many perspectives, there has to be a come-to-Jesus moment on the offense. And, I mean, the defense mostly did its job, so I'm looking at the offense mostly. We got to be better than this.
0: Yeah, that is Kyrie Thompson. Yeah, it's, it's a really good point, Kyrie, because I just wonder if Patricia has that sort of credibility that josh does now it would be one thing if patricia was coaching the defense but in the offense i'm not so sure he has the credibility to be able to do that so that's why i look at it and it probably has to be a player that's Kyrie thompson wei wei.com and the first in foxborough podcast Kyrie, hey man thanks so much for taking some time on game day we really appreciate it
1: absolutely man till next time